What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Anti Up, uh, brought to you by Fantasy Alarm here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. I'm Howard Bender. With me, Adam Ronis. And we're dancing a little fantasy football tonight, folks. Adam and I just got done with a serious XM host draft, 12-team PPR, uh, one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end kicker and defense on the uh, on the starting side, uh, and just a, a quiet six-player bench. So if you uh, if you tuned in to yesterday's podcast, well, then you would have heard well, our big debate about late draft strategy, um, late round strategy. If you didn't, well, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Like Adam said yesterday, like, subscribe, get in on it. Um, let me bring in Adam here as we uh, as we go through this draft uh, and just kind of let you guys know. Adam had the fourth pick. I had the 11th pick. Uh, so, Adam, what's going on, man? How was your draft? I was pretty good. I mean, I did take some players that I have not taken before. You know, I've kind of picked in different areas of the draft. And I always feel it really doesn't matter where you pick. You know, you can find a way to produce a good team. You know, I've always been under that sentiment. And, you know, it happened to me last year. I had picked 12 in a league, was able to have the most points get to the final. I had pick one in a league uh, and had a good year. So, like, you know, you can win from anywhere. I firmly believe that. Uh, A lot of people feel like, well, you know, you have a big advantage picking at the top. And sure, but you get that one bell cow running back that we all love but if you're not a good drafter you could screw it up right the rest of the way so uh, but the observation i, I noticed from what i'm seeing I, I feel like the back half of the first round you, you can produce some really good teams uh, like where i was picking it was like well i kind of don't love this guy here but he's the best available i just feel like at the end of round two and early round three in some of these drafts like you don't love what's there do you feel the same way about what I'm, what I'm picking early? Yeah. Like if you have a top four pick when it gets to you in round two or three, yeah. like I don't love what's there. Like to me, there's not much difference between what's there. And then what goes late third, early fourth, especially the wide receiver tier to me is very close. And yeah, you could take a tight end if you want the elite tight end. Um, I'm not taking a quarterback there and the running backs. I usually don't love. So I just, I don't know. I don't love picking like three, four, five. Sometimes it works where the guys I want fall to me. It felt in this one, I didn't really get the guys that I really wanted in that two, three spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, we've, we've all been there when you just, you're looking at the board, um, you know, in this draft and we'll we'll find a way. I'm I'm not sure how you're viewing the draft board just now as I'm recording here, uh, but we'll find a way for you guys to check out this draft board. Uh, you know, either we'll tweet a link out to it if that uh, if that's public. If not, we'll uh, we'll attach a picture a picture of it uh, when we uh, when we tweet out the uh, the usual links and announce when the podcast episode uh, has been posted. So um, I, I mean, listen, when I went through it and I was sitting there coming back in round three, um, I was looking at the wide receivers and I was like, you know, I mean, it's you know. Who, the wide receivers who went after me were because I, I went running back again and took Melvin Gordon, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, who I thought I could get coming back the other way. Juju Smith-Schuster, A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton, Amari Cooper. Um, you know, I mean, these guys weren't really enamoring me to the point where I was like, well, I might as well just get that third solid running back, feel good about it, and then just, you know, 
pound the wide receiver position uh, uh, for a couple of rounds and, and make that happen. Yeah, I mean, that's the decisions you have to make. And, you know, in this draft, once again, running backs were going pretty early once again. Uh, and receiver is pretty deep. And I think everyone has that same sentiment, which is why you're you're seeing them drop. And I've kind of been on the other end where I've been taking more receivers early <laughs> and then taking shots on running backs later on. Right. Uh, and I kind of did it again. Uh, but yeah, the running backs were flying off the board and I got sniped a couple times too. So I had to really make a quick pivot, uh, cause I had guys who I was all ready to take. And then right when I was, uh, waiting for my pick guy in front of me, took the guy I wanted. So, so basically what you're saying is though, is that picking there at the top four, right? You like, you prefer getting, you know, two top 20 guys with your first two picks um, regardless of position, there's two top 20 guys there as opposed to one guy and someone between 20 and 25. And then, you know, and then like all of a sudden, then you're looking at round three and you're like, yeah, I mean, I guess, but, and nobody's like, you know, nobody's really like turning you on for that. Um, and I, and I agree with you. I think that that is a tough spot to be. Um, because at the back end, you you guys in the front half of the draft have already kind of sifted through that top layer of that tier that you kind of, you know, ah, I mean, I don't love it, but I'll do that. And you guys basically skim, you know, basically the, the top layer of that tier off uh, and it makes my decision making a little easier. Yeah, no, it definitely does. When you're back half of the first round, third, fourth round, it, yeah, it's decisions are made for you. And I, I truly believe some of those wide receivers are really not that far off. Like I have a huge tier of receivers from like eight to 20. Like I think those guys are so close. Yeah. So that you don't feel compelled to like have to take the top, but I mean, let's hear, we'll go through it here. So, uh, so at pick four, you took Kamara. Um, you know, obviously there's nothing wrong with that. Chris Godwin coming back to you uh, in round two. So that's not bad right there. That's a nice little pairing that you've got. Were you sitting there going like, ah, you know, Alan Robinson's there. Godwin's there. Did, were, you, were you, you know, wavering between the two? Well, the plan was uh, I was hoping Robinson would make it back. And, you know, usually he does. I mean, most people don't take him. You know, he went last pick of round two, so I was a little surprised. I was hoping he would make it back. I mean, I would have loved a Godwin-Robinson-Kamara start, uh, so I was a little surprised that he went. Uh, and I, So the plan was definitely Robinson uh, on the way back if he made it. He did it, and then I even thought, all right, maybe I'll take James Conner if he makes it back because I've been a little bit more open to him recently. I know there's an injury risk for sure, but he's a three-down back, and when he has been on the field, he's been good, but he went – with the second to last pick around two. Yeah. So uh both those guys didn't make it back. So you end up you end up taking so after you take Godwin, we get Evans, Connor, Allen Robinson off the board, Kittle, Galladay, Lamar Jackson, it comes back to you. You go DJ Moore. Um thought process, DJ Moore over I mean, you obviously like him more than the other wide receivers, so you like him more than Gurley, Fournette, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Melvin Gordon, uh, these guys, the running backs who went later on after you take DJ Moore. Yeah, I have very little interest in Gurley and Fournette. I thought about Jonathan Taylor. It seemed a little bit early, but I, I think he's definitely going to evolve as the back there. 
I think the question is how many passes does he catch? We're hearing good things about Naheem Hines running all over the field. Uh, but I do believe in Taylor's talent. But I elected to just go with the receiver and DJ Moore, who last year was very good with, you know, crap quarterbacks uh, when Cam Newton went down. And he still put up a big year. Now, the only problem with him is he doesn't score many touchdowns. He only had four. But this is a PPR league. And he had a, almost 1,200 yards. Right. And Teddy Bridgewater, to me, is an upgrade at quarterback. Uh, we're hearing good things about him. I uh, saw a couple highlights the other day where he was in traffic, made – contested catch with a defender all over him and they're going to be playing from behind. It's a really bad defense. So I, I some people might say, well, there's Curtis Samuels, Robbie Anderson. He talk, I mean, those guys were there last year outside of Robbie Anderson. So uh, I think they'll be playing from behind, passing a lot. Yeah. Throw Christian McCaffrey for getting targets. But again, same situation last year. He still put up big numbers. So it was close. Like I took Odo Beckham and FSGA in that similar spot. So I decided to mix it up. I haven't really had a lot of DJ Moore, So I went with him. So, but I like Beckham too, who went a, a little bit later. Okay. And then coming back around, then uh, you ended up with uh, Deandre Swift. Now Cam Akers, Lev Bell, David Johnson, Devin Singletary, Chris Carson, all went in that fourth round. Uh, you turned to Swift instead of going with a, a another receiver. Um, and then you choose Swift over Mark Ingram, uh, Kareem Hunt, Raheem Mostert, uh, and David Montgomery. I really wanted Cam Akers, man. That was the guy I was ready to take, and Mike Dempsey took him one pick before me. And then I looked, and yeah, there were still a lot of receivers, but the way this draft was going, I knew that I was still going to get receivers I want in five, six, seven. So I said, all right, I should go running back here. Uh, tight end, I didn't really think about. I have taken Mark Andrews in a similar a couple spots already, so I didn't want to do that again or Zach Ertz. So I looked at the running backs on the board and, you know, Swift, I think can play a big role in this Detroit offense. And I don't even need him to be, you know, a guy that gets 15 carries every week. I think he's going to be heavily involved in the passing game. You know, carry on Johnson has had a problem staying healthy for two years now. And that's why I think they went out and got Swift, you know, Ingram, I thought about, I just think that, you know, only 200 carries last year, limited role in the passing game. I know he was really efficient, but they got J.K. Dobbins, so uh, I was worried about him. So, yeah, Swift was a pick I wasn't planning. If you would have told me before the draft, that's who you're taking the fourth round, I'm like, nah, that's, that's not happening. Uh, but I just felt like I'm going to take a shot there with my RB2. Uh, you know, definitely is some risk, but I really wanted Cam Akers, and uh, he went one pick before me. And then uh, – then I was actually surprised, too, how far Amari Cooper fell. I was ready to take him around five. Like, the hate for Amari Cooper, I think, is going too far. I understand that he's been inconsistent in his career, but I think last year you have to look at the fact that this guy was hurt. You know, he got hurt, I don't know, week 11, week 12. Uh, week 12, he had the zero against the Patriots. But look at what Amari Cooper did before that uh, when he was healthy. I mean, that guy tore it up. He had one bad game until week 10. It was against the Jets when the Cowboys just didn't show up. Every other game, he had uh, close to double-digit point. He had 9.8 against the Saints. That's kind of double-digit. Every other game, double digits. And then he got hurt, and he tried to play through it and was not effective. Um, so I understand if you don't want to put him in the top 12, and you're like, well, they got Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. Well, I mean, Cobb and Witten got big targets last year. So I think getting Cooper at wide receiver 19 as the third receiver on your team is just – ridiculous uh it is ridiculous it's so ridiculous that it didn't even happen for you 
did it. Well, no, I was okay. <laughs> and he got, and he I got was taken. Fine. He got taken the pick oh, no, before I, you. That, that one didn't bother me. It was, I was like, well, look, if Cooper's gonna fall and be my third receiver, I'll take him. Instead, it was the third receiver for Rick Cavanaugh. But I was absolutely happy getting DJ Chark as my third receiver in round five. Uh, Love DJ Chark. He was great last year. Basically, I think on a points per game basis, until he got hurt, I think he was like top ten wide receiver. We know Jacksonville's going to pass a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and I've taken Chark in a, in a few leagues. I think he could take a. Uh, I mean, he broke out last year, uh, but you know, he's another guy too. Got hurt week fifteen, and then kind of tried to play through it in sixteen and seventeen. It wasn't good. Uh, but yeah, when Chark was just tremendous last year, I don't know if people realize how good he was, man. Guy had eight touchdowns, 73 receptions. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was fine getting DJ Chark as my wide receiver three in round five. Yeah. Listen, I I'm a big fan. I was actually surprised that Chark fell back to you. And I, you know, as soon as he fell back to you, I knew that you were taking him. Um, and I love, I listen, I love the, the trio of wide receivers you just got, um, after Swift, DJ Chark. Uh, Tyler Boyd. I love Tyler Boyd. I really do. Uh, you know how I feel about AJ Green. Maybe you were looking at uh, you were eyeballing Green, who went the pick right before you. No, I wasn't. Okay, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Boyd, I love. And then you took Gallup coming back the uh, you know the the rest of the way there. Now, you know, I mean, I can't argue with that. Um, and then you came back around, Matt Breida, Latavius Murray. Both guys are going to – they have standalone value. They might not be the primary in their offense, but they have standalone value. And Murray handcuffs Kamara, which is uh, which is big for you. Yeah, because we know – we've seen it. When Kamara is out, Murray goes off, man. It's a great offense. and um, We saw a couple big games from Murray last year. I actually was going to take Chase Edmonds, and he went one pick before me. So – I guess you want to say it saved me in a way. I don't know. I think it uh, did. I think it saved you in the way. <laughs> well, why? Why though? If Drake goes down and Edmonds is the starting running back, like now I put Chase Edmonds as my RB two, and my team's soaring. So I, look, we've had this discussion. Again, I am not as oh you have to handcuff as some other people. I think you're a little bit more strict with it than me. Uh, but I kind of look at it like I'd rather. Like, it, again, I, it, I'd i rather have Edmonds there because if Drake goes down, I know it's an if, but Kenyon Drake has not been able to stay healthy over full NFL season. And or, or I wouldn't, shouldn't say that he hasn't shown the ability to handle a workload of 250, 300 touches. Can he do it? We don't know because he's never been given the opportunity, but he's already dealing with some issue, whether it's serious or not, because he has a boot and a couple of coaching regimes have been hesitant and I like him and I will take him. Late first, early second round. Right. But Chase Edmonds, we saw last year when he got that one opportunity to go in the game against the Giants. I mean, he had three touchdowns that game. So I, I'm not anti I'm not anti Edmonds. It's the question of I mean, I guess that that's the thing, is that the question is for you, um, you know, it's it's a regular it's just it's a regular redraft league. There's no big prize at the end. There's no, you know I draft the same way. I'm honestly I would draft the same way. Uh I know some people don't, so you but I feel like the I, upside. You prefer the upside of somebody else's handcuff than the safety of your own. Well, because I'm hoping my guy stays healthy all year. Well, yeah, I, I get that. I, I would hope for that all that, that all my guys stay healthy as well. That's not the that's not the the issue though. That's not the question. Kamara is a guy who a already told the the world that he tore up his knee somehow in week six. Uh, he's a guy who's never had the backfield all to himself, uh, even back in college. Uh, and, and he's a guy who has gotten hurt 
You know, they, they when, when Ingram was suspended and he ended up uh, going those first four weeks of the season, by week five, week six, he was beat. He was spat. Uh, he, oh, he's only missed three games in his career. And even though he doesn't have the backfield to himself, he's still shown the ability to be a top five PPR back outside of last year. And yeah, he banged up his knee and the guy still had 81 receptions. The thing that was missing last year, obviously, was the touchdowns. He averaged 4.7 yards per carry last year on a bad knee. I mean, he just didn't have the explosiveness, which is why you didn't see the yards, uh, especially in the passing game. I think that's where he he really got hurt was the passing game. But I see, I just prefer if I can get my handcuff later, like round nine. And I know, in, and this is why I kind of said, all right, fine. It was a bench spot at this point, right? I already have four receivers. Um, and even Brito was a, is a bench spot for me in round eight. So that's why I'm like a little bit more okay with it. Uh, but I look at it as, all right, Kamara stays healthy. And now I draft Edmonds and something happens with Drake. Boy, I, I've got like a dynamic backfield. Sure, 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 sure. Absolutely. But I, I see, I see both sides of it. I mean, I prefer, and you can't always do this in every league, but I prefer if I can to kind of get that handcuff in season, you know, as we've touched upon, there are going to be some people that are forced to drop some of these handcuffs. You know, it's great now. Um, and it also depends, too, on the starting running back. Like Dalvin Cook went to Mike Dempsey. He got Alexander Madison. He's not going to drop Madison. But some of these other backup running backs, they might be dropped. You know, there's only like a handful where we say, yeah, that is definitely the guy. There's a lot of situations that are cloudy and we don't know. Yeah, I, I Listen, I, I know that there are there definitely there's some a lot of players to look at. I love grabbing Carlos Hyde late. That's a name that, uh, you know, definitely on my radar. I was going to try. That's not expensive. See, that's fine because you can get Hyde 14, 15. It's not an expensive handcuff. Right. Well, I mean, the expensive handcuffs are Kareem Hunt to Nick Chubb. uh, Which is, do you consider him? I mean, I guess he is, but he he has major standalone value. It's really hard. Like, isn't it impossible to get Hunt and Chubb together? It's not impossible. It would it's, just the problem is, is that it cost you like, that you know for two of your first five picks, right? Which is why you really don't want to do that. No, you definitely I mean, don't. I wouldn't. Right. I mean, could you start Chubb and Hunt every week? I guess you can, but then if they have a down game, I mean, it really just puts you in a position where you're probably going to lose. Yeah. I mean, if if you if you end up having to to start them consistently. Uh, on the same roster, yeah, no, I, I'm not, I'm not into that. There, are, there are very few situations like you know Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler was kind of that situation also where you were like, well, I mean, I, Eckler's got this great standalone value. Uh, you know, can you get away with doing it both? I, I prefer not to do that. I prefer, you know, grab the guy, get his handcuff if the handcuff isn't going to cost me an arm and a leg. I mean, that's that was one of the issues with you know grabbing Dalvin Cook is that you know. You know, within the first like eight, you know, by like eight round eight, round nine, you have to look at the running back situation because somebody's going to take them from you. Oh, yeah. You know, and you have to be alert and, you know, and sometimes some people will take them a little bit earlier. You know, I was fortunate in that draft we did a couple weeks ago where I had Dalvin Cook. I was able to get Madison. I thought I think it was round nine. I'm like, OK, that's fine. That's affordable. Um and even in the same, you would probably be like, oh, you, what are you talking about? If you looked at that draft, you'd be like, oh, Adam's a handcuff guy. Because I had Cook, Madison, Drake, Edmonds. It kind of was not the design. It was just like, all right, Madison's here round nine. All right, I, if I pass him up here, he's not making it back. 
And I've been taking Chase Edmonds anyway, whether I have Drake or not. And I think that was like round 12. So uh, look, if you can and it's not too pricey, sure. But I don't think you have to. And I think it's a pretty big uh, argument. Maybe I know some of the high stakes guys think you should. I mean, especially if you have like, uh, I guess, the top guys. The thing was McCaffrey. See, problem. Okay, McCaffrey really doesn't. I mean, they're talking about Mike Davis. No, no, no. He doesn't have a handcuff. Right. And you don't even need to draft him. Barkley has none. Yeah. To me, what you have to do is you have to look at the situation. Like Elliot and Tony Pollard, yes. That's something that I'll try and handcuff because, you know, I know that if Elliot goes down, that Pollard will play in a very strong role in a system that I like. Oh, he'll crush. He'll crush. Kamara, Latavius, Murray. I consider the, you know, I I like handcuffing them. Dalvin Cook, Alex Madison, because it's not just, I mean, yes, the primary is great, but you're also investing in the system. Um, You know, Derrick Henry, Darrington Evans? I don't really know. I mean, you know you, you know what Derrick Henry can do. We haven't seen Darrington Evans uh, do it. I know that he's 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 a great option uh, if you want a handcuff, but I don't see it as like a must because similar like Saquon Barkley. Are you going to handcuff him to Wayne Gallman? No, I'm not going to sit there and make that pick. I'm not going to pick Mike Davis or Reggie Bonifin, uh for, for McCaffrey because... If McCaffrey or Barkley goes down, neither one of their backups, none of their backups are going to be able to perform at that task, at that level that you were expecting from Barkley or McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, realistically, there's not many, (laughs) right? I mean, you kind of just named the the key ones, but for a lot, I mean, even with the Chargers, I mean, all right, Eckler's there, but is it Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly? And they both kind of might have some standalone value because you know they're not going to run Eckler between the tackles 250 times. Right. So, yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, and you mentioned Chubb, and it's just very expensive with Kareem Hunt. If you uh, get so, Chris Carson, I think you have to get Carlos Hyde later. I, and I, I'm okay with that just because Carlos Hyde is is inexpensive. You don't have to invest. I mean, how how how, how can someone argue, like, Oh, no, you can't do that. Carlos Hyde in the 12th, 13th round. And in this one, he went in the 11th as RB51. Okay, fine. Uh, but generally, he's been going later. I just think, you know, in this one, we were the running backs were pushed uh, up a ton. Uh, and that might happen a lot in your home league. But, yeah, even around 11, it's not expensive. That's like you're, you know, you're into your bench at that point anyway. Um, all right, so after Latavius Murray, Brashad Perriman in the 10th. I know you like him. We've talked about that. I love Gesicki um, as tight end 12 off the board. Um, that's a nice grab there. Tom Brady is your QB. You grabbed him in the 12th round uh, as QB 11 off the board. Uh, and then here you go. So la- we talked last night, late round strategy. Um and here you go. TJ Hawkinson, Paris Campbell, Gio Bernard, Reichel Armstead. You got two running backs who are handcuffs, one of whom is mine. Um, so we'll have to talk. Uh, and then <laughs> Hawkinson and Paris Campbell. So give me thoughts on those two. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I'm, ho- I'm hoping one, if not both of those tight ends break out. You know, Gusecki had a strong finish to last year. I know it's a different offense with Chan Gailey who really doesn't use the tight end much, but I think they're going to use Gasicki in the slot anyway. Uh, that's that's the hope. Uh, they're pretty thin at wide receiver. And Hawkinson, you know, I was a little worried like the last week or so, or maybe it was a week, week and a half ago, Hawkinson's like, yeah, my ankle's not 100%. But every time I'm reading something about Detroit, they're saying he's crushing it in camp. 
And we know tight ends never re- very few do anything in their rookie year. And he had the big, big week one last year against Arizona who just gave up tight end production to everyone and then kind of tapered off and had the injury at the end. Uh, but I like the Detroit offense. So I figure, all right, uh, one of those guys uh, can pop off and Paris Campbell, big fan. I know he's dealing with a concussion after a car accident. Uh, so hopefully that works out. Uh, we do have IR spots. So if he does miss time and just put him on that, that wasn't the thinking though. And then just, you know, uh, Geo, I mean, Mixon's been out of camp. I mean, they're saying it's migraines, but we also know that's a contract issue. Uh, so just in case, and uh, same right, Cal Armstead. I mean, we still have a couple weeks of the season goes, and Leonard Fournette uh, has shown the ability to not stay healthy. So, you know, he could pull a hand. I'm, I'm not wishing for it, even though it would benefit me. I, I don't wish injury on these guys, but something could happen to Fournette. And, you know, now I don't have to go spend fab, and I got right Cal on the team. So that's that's the thinking there. Now, you did not take a kicker. So automatically right now, one of these guys is going to be dropped before week one. Well, I could go with uh, no kicker and no defense. Maybe my team's that good that I'm just going to be like. Are you going to do that, Adam? I mean, Matt Deutsch (laughs) set up the scoring for defense. No kicker, no defense. So two of these guys, actually, my bad. Two of these guys are going to actually have to come off of your, uh, your roster before week one. Yeah, I mean, look, I did this because, first of all, no one they didn't say in the rules that you had to draft a, a starting lineup. Also, there is a fab run before the season begins. Uh, so when I saw that, I said, all right, I don't need to take a kicker or a defense. And I'll obviously have to make a couple of drops uh, before then. Right. So looking at your team right now, who would be your who do you who do you think your first th- first two drops are going to be? My last two picks. There you go. Gio Bernard, right. Kill Armstead. So we got to pray for the health of Joe Mixon and that Leonard Fournette uh, also stays healthy and doesn't get traded before the season starts. And then we move on from there. Um, All right. Well, there you go. That's Adam Ronis's team. Fourth pick overall uh, in this 12 team PPR draft. Uh, We're going to run through my team in just a hot second. Adam's going to run through my team uh, in just a hot second here. But I just want to give a shout out to uh, our, our friends and sponsors at Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, that's the DFS site that you need to be playing on, people. Uh, great, great time over there at Monkey Knife Fight, and here's why. <laughs> Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. MonkeyKnifeFight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up. And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, 
pay the bills. <laughs> All right, so uh, thank you again, Monkey Knife Fight. Always love listening to that monkey screaming. Always nice. Adam, I had the 11th pick. Uh, I kind of, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost a, a blueprint when I'm picking over there. We had that, you know, just, I love picking from the back end. I love it. I did the NBC draft from the, from the wheel and I crushed it. You said you love Paul Kelly's team here on the wheel. He crushed it. I like my team, solid team, good group of guys had one, one little hiccup when, uh, Anthony Perry uh, turned around and, and, uh, and apparently he had some sort of a connection issue. Um, bunch of picks went and then we rolled it back and lo and yeah, behold, that was annoying, man. He, I mean, he took come my, on. he took my guy. Yeah, no, again, I, I like your team. I would have liked it better if you didn't take that third running back. Uh, cause then I think your receivers would have been stronger. Uh, I know Melvin, Gordon, Melvin Gordon, there, there have not been positive reports coming out of Denver. On him, uh, he had a little bit of a rib issue dealing with the altitude. Apparently, hasn't looked great. You know, I think he's the guy because they went out and paid him money. But I thought you had two solid backs, and you know, I love the receivers that were there. So I, I just would have liked it better if you would have went, you know, three straight receivers because you know he still got, you know, Jordan Howard later anyway. So I, I know you kind of been a little bit more aggressive in drafting those running backs earlier, and I understand why because Gordon could be a three down back you would think I mean they had Lindsay and he wasn't great catching the football not a big guy so you don't think he's going to use him at the goal line uh so they went out and paid Melvin Gordon so you would think uh again and training camp doesn't mean much I mean week one could happen and Gordon could look great uh but that that would be the one thing there like I would have probably went you know feeling and then if you would have come back with Ridley would have loved that and you like Keenan Allen better than DK Metcalf? Um, no, I didn't. I was uh, actually in the process of uh, of multitasking there, and I saw it was my pick, and the clock was running out, and I knew I needed okay. a wide receiver, and I saw Keenan Allen. I did not see DK Metcalf there. See, that's the thing, and it's important for – most people are not going to multitask when they're drafting. I mean, you did them a favor filling in last second – but I noticed this cue is a lot different. Um, I do my home league on MFL. We didn't do the draft yet. We did it Saturday. Right. Uh, it's a lot different. So you're right. If you're and also wait, you were in the first host draft. They didn't have a clock, right? They did not have a clock in the first. So host why draft. why we get fifty second clock? Not that I care. I mean, speeds it up. But that's I don't understand that. Um, I I honestly I have no idea. Oh, because the other one was done. Uh, they were recording it live for SiriusXM. Uh, okay. So they so had the, the hosts in there and they wanted to talk to people. Uh, I guess. All the right. Interviews and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah. listen again, there's, there's no excuse for me missing DK Metcalf there. Um, I definitely would have preferred him over Keenan. Oh, Allen. I would have, I would have, I would have been okay with your Gordon pick. If you came out with really Metcalf, Marvin Jones, I would have loved it even more. But I mean, again, I, I like a lot of players here. Uh, yeah, but Keenan, I don't know. And I might be wrong on Keenan. I, I'm a huge Keenan Allen fan. Love watching that guy play. It's just when I look at Keenan Allen, number one, he's never been a big touchdown guy. He had a great rapport with Phillip Rivers. Yeah, Terod Taylor is the quarterback to start. What if they go to Herbert? What's going to be the rapport? And, you know, this guy's huge volume. I mean, ton of targets. Like, I don't know if that offense is going to be as efficient. He had 149 targets last year. So, and he's dependent, you know, on getting 
95 to you know over 100 receptions. So I just think it comes down. But to be fair, he's kind of been priced for it. I mean, this is a guy that we've been taking as a top 10, top 15 receiver in PPR the last few years. And now he comes off the board here at 24. So I just, for me, I would take Metcalf over him. Yeah, I, I definitely like Metcalf there. Um, I, I I might be a little bit more bullish on the Chargers offense just because, I you know, I know that they're they're bringing in that exact same system that they run for, for the Ravens. Um and then he's just he's copycatting there so that way Tyrod Taylor can get a little bit more mobility. Um, you know, Tyrod Taylor's got the history with Greg Roman. So Shane Steichen is going to end up bringing in that offense. So Taylor's already familiar with it, um, can can run on, you know, on the go. The short, quick passing is definitely, you know, a lot of RPO we're going to see. So that that could end up uh, helping feed the volume to Keenan Allen. Um you know, for me there. So I'm, I'm a little bit more bullish on that. Cause I think, you know, basically you've got, you've got Keenan Allen and you've got Hunter Henry. Um, who else is catching passes right now? Mike Eckler. Will- What's that? Eckler. Yeah. Eckler. Of, of course, Eckler's going to catch some passes too, but you know, we, we saw, I mean, look at, look at who thrived in, in Baltimore's offense last year. It was, uh, it was, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, but Taylor is not Lamar Jackson. No, Taylor is not Lamar Jackson, which is why I think that, the, the running back and the wide receivers will get more work. Jackson could easily take off on his own. Taylor will get rid of the ball. Taylor will pitch back or Taylor will just, he'll find the receiver right run. in front of him. Or he'll run. Yeah, but he's just, he's, he's just not as fluid a runner as Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's going to be taking off nearly as much. Well, clearly, I mean, Lamar Jackson's a, in a path of his own, but we, and we just never seen, I know it was Buffalo. We just never seen him, even in his full seasons, put up big numbers. You know, I did the, the, the passing yards are not going to be there. No, I'm not. I mean, you know, listen, I don't care if the, if the dude throws for, for 3,500 yards, as long as a third of that's going to my guy. Yeah, I think 3,500 is a little lofty. I mean, plus we don't know if he's going to keep the job the whole year. True. <laughs> True, but if he and Justin Herbert can com- combine for 3,200 to 3,500 yards... And a third of that goes to Keenan Allen. That's not terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, you know, changing quarterbacks to adjusting to a new quarterback. Not much offseason of a rapport between them. I mean, that that's the issue. But I mean, again, he's not priced heavily. So right, exactly, exactly. It, it, no one. I think everyone's kind of baking that in into his ADP. All right, so so mistake there not taking Metcalf. Shit happens. Come back, Marvin Jones. Uh, in round seven, I yeah, I like my Jordan Howard there. I like my running back there. Um, but here, th- this is where it got crazy because in round seven, instead of taking Jordan Howard, um, I grabbed Kyler Murray. And then we had to roll that back. And then Perry took Kyler Murray. I actually wasn't going to take Jordan Howard uh at that spot. I just, when Kyler Murray was taken by Perry, when we rolled it back, I was like, all right, screw it. That's when I took Jordan Howard coming back. I was going to take Hayden Hurst. That ended up Paul Kelly took him. So I grabbed, uh, I grabbed Evan Engram, uh, instead. And, uh, and you know, lo and behold, there you go. And, uh, that was, that was just, that was like the hiccup in the software and, and, you know, or whatever, not in the software and in, in the user of, uh, Anthony Perry there. Well, yeah, and the clock seemed to always go down close to zero, too. 
yeah. when he was picking. Every time. Every time. <laughs> so, all right. So, you know, so you don't like uh, Keenan Allen because I missed out on, on Metcalf. You like Jones. Yes. I think you understand Howard. Yes. <laughs> and then the rest of the way. Go ahead. Take it from you. I'm not. I'm just not high on Evan Ingram, man. Guys always hurt. And we've also we saw last year that the Giants never had their full offense together. So what's going to happen with the target distribution with Ingram, Shepard, Tate, Slayton? Uh, so that's my concern. Look, when Ingram has been on the field, he has been explosive. But at the, you know, he he benefited a couple years ago when Beckham was out, and he benefited last year when some of those receivers were out. So, uh, and it's injuries year after year. Uh, so, and and tight ends, you know, do tend to get banged up a little bit. So, you could also say, oh, it's a pretty good value if he stays healthy. So, I understand the other side of it. I'm just personally not taking him. In round eight, love Carson Wentz. Uh, that's who I actually thought. I'm like, all right, if he makes it back, I might take him. Uh, so that kind of altered my quarterback plan a little bit. Not not a big deal. I'm just like, oh, if Wentz makes it back here in round 10 to me, I'm going to take him. But you took him, so I like that. Uh, you know I love Anthony Miller, who I was going to take in that round. And I knew you were like, oh, Adam's going to like this one. Click. And yeah, I was I was cursing you out. I was like, fucking Howard, man. <laughs> this He knows I want him. All right, fine, whatever. Uh Peterson, look, I can't argue against Peterson. He could be the starting running back early on. We know he's not going to be heavily involved in the pass game, but it's round 11. I just would pass on it myself. But maybe, you know, if, he's not starting for you, though. No. Uh, he's insurance. And, you know, maybe you have uh, an injury with your couple of top backs and maybe you need to slide him in early in the season. Sure. Uh, Randall Cobb, definitely like a lot. I mean, I think he's undervalued. He's going to be a part of this Houston offense, even with Fuller cooks there, uh, he's going to play a role. They paid him big money. So I like that pick and Kendrick Bourne. I don't know. Uh, I would have went in a different direction. So convince me. I don't know. San Francisco doesn't have any receivers for crying out loud. Everybody's hurt over there. Uh, you've got Kittle as the main guy. If you look at Kendrick Bourne, Kendrick Bourne seems to find those red zone targets, those end zone targets. Um, you know, I mean, he's not the it's not the be all end all, but I mean, for a guy who's what my sixth wide receiver, um, if he's going to see red zone targets on a regular basis, then I'm pretty psyched about that. Um, for him to to be sitting there for me, uh, and during the bye weeks, like you know, I just I I've I'm, he's he's again I like him because he's, he's one got of your that first. He's going to be one of your first cuts. Remember, oh, I probably, said that. probably, okay. yeah. Because, you know, it doesn't seem like Ayuk's that serious. I don't buy what they're saying with Debo Samuel. Oh, yeah, he could be ready week one. It's a Jones fracture, man. You can't rush that guy back. You just can't. No, I had it. a Jones fracture. I didn't I didn't have surgery on mine, so it wasn't as big a, a, a deal as it was for Debo. But, yeah, it's listen. It's a tough injury, right? It is a tough injury. It's right there. It's right there. For anybody who doesn't know what a Jones fracture is, it's basically it's the uh, it's the end of the the metatarsal, the fifth metatarsal, um, but it's like right there by the ball of your foot, and that's like you know that that's the bone that gets fractured, uh, and I mean it's very you can't you can't pivot off of it. I mean I was in a walking boot for uh, quite some time, quite some time, and uh, and it's it's not good. So. You know, he had surgery on his. So, yeah, I mean, I look at it and I say for these beginning weeks, let's see what happens. And, you know, maybe he ends up with that uh, with that rapport. 
uh, and he and he gets some early looks. And if that's the case, then great. If not, no big deal. My my fifteenth rounder, Brian Edwards. I got a little bit more faith in him. Yeah, uh, that's fine. I mean, he's another guy too that we got to see how they utilize him. I think you'll find out first week or two, see what happens. Again, we we talked. I think we talked about him yesterday. Real real talented. Had some injuries. I mean, he was a a big recruit, uh, and he fell because of some of the injuries that he's had in his career. Uh, a lot a lot of potential weapons there for Las Vegas. I didn't say Oakland. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, again, I have no problem taking that young receiver because, you know, maybe he surprises and looks that good. And they go, you know what? We got to play him. You know, he's going to play. He's been the best guy in camp. So no problem with that. Did you think because uh, I didn't I, I wasn't thinking about it. But did you think about taking Mike Williams and then putting him on IR like uh, Paul Kelly did in round 16? It's not no, a bad move. It's, it's not a bad move at all. It is not the move that I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, probably I'm wouldn't just... have done it anyway, only because I have Keenan Allen. I'm not going to sit here and try and corner the market on Chargers receivers. Okay. <laughs> um. But no, I was laughing through the whole thing because I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to take a backup QB. Let's see what Adam has to say about." It. <laughs> <laughs> and you did it. You see? Let me see. How many teams did? I think there were. Uh, se- I see 17 QBs taken. Okay. So like only less. Five, yeah, uh, five pretty teams. Good. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and now like there's plenty of options on waivers, man. Plenty. Right. Which is why I didn't do it. That's what we said in the six, you know, in a 16 round draft. If nobody else is taking backup QBs, then it doesn't matter. Like Roethlisberger sitting on the waiver wire right there. Boom. Right. I mean, geez. I mean, Garoppolo, who's got a great early season schedule too. So there's plenty of guys. I could have paired him up with Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, exactly. There you go. See, I got the Brady Godwin connection. Let's see, Brady Godwin or Garoppolo Bourne. Hmm, pretty close. Ah, they are pretty close. I actually, I'm interested though because I have this same situation too. If you look at Daniel Jones' schedule to start, it's brutal, man. They got like Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Chicago, and I forgot the other team. Like, what do you do as a Daniel Jones owner, man? Like Paul Kelly had him no backup. Do you play him week one against Pittsburgh? Yeah. At home? You just do yeah. it. I mean, if you drafted him for it, you might as well do it. I definitely have uh, – well, I have him in a super flex league, so there's no choice. But I do have him in a, a 14-team league where I didn't take a backup. But I know that Garoppolo's on the waiver wire, so if I want to go that way and play matchups, I can. Right, but you also know that where the Giants are going to be throwing heavily because they're going to be playing from behind. And while they ask that Pittsburgh defense is good if they go up at, you know a, a decent amount – then uh, yeah, he could throw could... three picks too, and sure, I think of picks are minus minus two in this league. Oh, for crying out loud! Well, the 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 early spread that I saw, I think, was Pittsburgh by three and a half. Right? Doesn't that seem low? It does seem a little low. I mean, and especially I mean, we have no idea what the home road. Although I saw the number for baseball, the home teams are winning most of the time. They're like well above five hundred. I don't know if it means anything, though, with no fans. I think his baseball is a little bit different because, you know, the park dimensions better and everything. But, like, in football with no fans, like, I don't know. Like, that it can't be a home field advantage, right? Don't you think? Well, you know, and I was it was so funny that you say that because I was actually looking at exactly that earlier today, thinking, you know, are these teams going to have some sort of an advantage? Um, 
you know, are they going to have some sort of an advantage, uh, you know, even though they only have like, you know, 25% capacity? And there are so many. Well, you're right. You're right. Some, some stadiums are having fans. Some are having none for at least the first couple of games. Some are, yes. Right. Should be interesting. Like I'm, I'm very interested as to whether or not there is going to be any kind of home field advantage. Do you believe in the in in whether or not there will be or not? Like I mean, we talk if about it, the twelfth man in Seattle all the time. Yeah, that's exactly was one of my first thoughts, and I'm like, nah, they're kind of there. Probably is it. I mean, if you only have twenty five percent capacity, I mean, are we even going to be even noticing that? Uh, probably not. I mean, I guess we should go back and watch some Jacksonville games from last year. And we'll get a better idea. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of their games in London. <laughs> they know. Don't the London games draw, though? Don't they? they sell out. They oh, do sell they? out. Right? Yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. people are into it. I, you know, it just it's so funny that, you know, that's the only place that those games sell out for the Jaguars. Their only home games that they sell out <laughs> are across the ocean. And out of the U.S. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a disgrace. What a damn disgrace. Oh man. All right. Well, there you go, guys. So that's, that's my draft. That's Adam's draft. We're obviously going to be tracking this throughout the entire season. Adam and I are going to be in a number of leagues together this year, I believe. Um, we've also got our, uh, our FSGA, um, prop bets that, prop we did bet together. that we teamed up on. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to bring that up too. We're going to have to start that. Let's, uh, let's review that. I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll review that next week when we start back up, uh, on Monday. Uh, because at least then, you know, sports will be back again <laughs> and we'll be able to, you know, talk about that too. do some NBA best bets. Uh, as always, Adam, great to get a chance to sit down with you here. It was fun drafting with you uh, as well. I'm glad that you love my team more than uh, than than you love yours. Uh, I never said that, but hey, but if, you, if that it. makes you I if that makes it. you feel better going to bed. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all righty. So thanks so much, everybody, for checking us out. Appreciate that. And, uh, and yes, for Adam Rodas, I'm Howard Better. This has been the Anti-Up Podcast. We'll catch you next time.